Well, good morning, church. How's everybody doing? Doing good? It's good to see you all this morning. Hey, I have a quick uh, question for you. Uh, just doing a little survey. How many of y'all have already put up your Christmas tree? Anyone already put up your Christmas tree? Okay, a few of you have. How many of y'all are one of those people that say you can't do it until after Thanksgiving? Raise your hand. All right, all right, all right. So I used to be one of you all, okay? I used to be a diehard, you can't put up your Christmas tree until after Thanksgiving until this year. I put up my Christmas tree yesterday. And uh, so forgive me for all of you that raised your hand last. It'll be okay. Um, don't, don't stress out too bad. Um, but, uh, but I thought, you know, I was watching Home Alone on Friday night and Kevin got me in the mood. And uh, so I went ahead and put, on, uh, put, on, on my, put up my Christmas tree yesterday. And I was just curious how many else, uh, I'm not alone. I'm glad I'm not alone. So uh, that's good. Has nothing to do with the sermon. Just wanted to see what, what was going on. Um, so um, my wife said I needed to show off my shirt, be kind. Uh, because when my shirt was closed, it looked like we were supporting some other organization that has three K's in it. So I'm, I'm opening it up so that, uh, so that you know it says be kind. So all of you online, be kind uh, is what we're, we're about here. And um, so just wanted to make that crystal clear because the other service didn't know that. So um, yeah, so uh, I was caught off guard with that one. But anyway, so, uh, so we're going to talk about kindness uh, for the next three weeks. And before we jump into our message, I just want to invite the Holy Spirit uh, to join us. So let's pray. Father God, we thank you for today. God, we thank you for worship. God, we thank you for this gift of being able to sing our praises to you, to, to spend time in prayer with you, and Lord, now to open up your word. And Father, my prayer is this, is that you would, uh, you would uh, remove the scales from our eyes, you would unplug our ears, and you would soften our hearts so that we could see, hear, and know exactly what you want for us today. Because Lord, I believe with all my heart that you have a message for every single person in here. And so, Father, may we be able to, to uh, experience that and be transformed and leave here different than when we came. In your name we pray. Amen. So uh, today, uh, like I said, we're beginning this three-week series on the topic of kindness. And as a part of our series, the goal is to see 500 acts of kindness take place in 21 days across our community. So our community is wherever you live. That our hope as a church is that over the next 21 days, three weeks, that we would see our church perform 500 different acts of kindness. Now, why would we be doing this? Well, the number one reason that we are doing this is because we want to help uh, other people encounter and respond to God through our acts of kindness. That I believe that when we show our kindness to others, that people see God in us. And the more I read the Bible, the more I'm convinced that the people of God should be known for our love for God and for the love that we have for people. And so as a church, we should be known for expressing that love, not just in here, but also out there in our community. And I want to look at a passage for us, and this is kind of like the foundation passage. It's 1 John chapter 3, verse 18, and I'm going to read it from the passage translation. But here's what it says. It says, Beloved children... That's you, by the way, okay? Beloved children, that's you. Our love can't be an abstract theory we only talk about. And he's saying we can't just talk about, uh, John is saying this, we just can't talk about being kind, but here's what he's saying, but be a way of life demonstrated through our loving deeds. 
So what the Apostle John is saying is that we, the church, that our love can't just be something that we talk about on Sunday mornings and it leaves it there, but that our love and our kindness should be a way of life for you and for me, and we should demonstrate that through our deeds. Now, deeds, or what I would call acts of kindness, are the way that we demonstrate kindness to people, and there really is no limit. There's no, uh, no ceiling to the way that we can live this out because kindness is simply love in action. And so over the next three weeks, we're going to explore, we're going to dive into this idea of kindness. From three different angles or three different perspectives, if you will, we're going to look at it from an upward perspective, we're going to look at it from an inward perspective, and then we're going to look at it from an outward perspective. And when we talk about kindness from an upward perspective, we're talking about the kindness that God has demonstrated to us, the kindness that God revealed to us more than... uh, more clearly in the life of Jesus, that kindness that God demonstrated to us. And then when we talk next week about inward perspective, we're going to talk about uh, those within our community and how we are to be kind to one another within our warehouse church community. And then when we talk about on the third week, outward perspective, we're going to talk about how kind we are to those outside of the building outside of our warehouse community, across our communities, across our cities, and through the nation, and eventually into the world. Now, as we begin, though, to talk about kindness, as we begin this process, we have to ask ourselves this question. Is God kind? We have to think about that. Is God kind? Now, I'm, not, I'm sure I'm not the only person who has found themselves asking that from time to time in my life. Is God kind? Maybe when you were young, uh, you began to see things and you begin to wonder, is God kind? Maybe you're here today and you're exploring God and you're thinking, is God kind? But if you've ever been on a road trip with four kids and, and before you even leave the driveway, they are fighting in the back seat, you're asking yourself the question, is God kind, right? Like you're like, is there, is there even a God out there, right? You're thinking about that. Or maybe, or maybe uh, you've had a long day at work and you come home to find that your dog has left gifts for you all over the floor and you might ask yourself the question, is God kind? Whatever the circumstances are, serious or not, there have probably been moments in your life, like there's been moments in my life, where you've questioned the kindness of God. And many who are exploring God, and maybe you're one of those people who are here and you're exploring God, and you've asked this question. You've asked this question and you've decided, I need some answers to the question, is God kind? Like you look at the world, you look at what's going on in the world, and you wonder, is God kind? And so you begin to read the Bible, and it's always a good thing to read the Bible, to engage in the Word of God, and to learn about who God is and develop our relationship with God. It's always a good thing, but you you begin to read the Bible, and maybe you have no history with the Bible before. Maybe you've never opened it before, and so you start reading the Bible from the beginning because that's where you start with every book, right? You start at the beginning, so you start at Genesis, and you start reading the Bible, and as you do, you begin to read about what was taking place, and, and you discover that, that, that wars were happening, and the 
in these times. And you discover that uh, you read a story that God even wiped out 185,000 people in one night. Or maybe you keep reading, you discover that, that the people of God, they went through these things called famines where locusts took over the place or frogs and different things. And you discover that people were in slavery. God's people were in slavery. And then, and then you read about the time that God sent a flood, right? And God sent a flood that wiped out everyone from the planet, save one family and two of every animal. And then, and then you get to uh, the Passover, the original Passover that took place where the children of God were slaves. They were slaves to Egypt and, and the angel of death swept through the Egypt and wiped out every firstborn child of, of every house that did not have blood smeared across the, uh, the doorposts. And so as, as you read, many start asking the question, well, well, who is this God, right? Like what kind of God would do this? And some even come to the conclusion that God isn't kind at all. Like some feel like that's not, that's not God's not kind. And they come to this conclusion based upon what God or what they read about what God did. But if you continue to read the Bible and you read the whole story, you realize that there is way more to the story of God than, and, and who he is than just these events, these ones that I kind of plucked out and shared with you. But it, isn't it the same? Don't we do the same with people? I mean, think about that. We, we decide if people are, are kind, we decide if they're kind based on what they do, based upon their actions. Like we watch people. And if, if we see someone who opens the door for their significant other or opens the door for someone else, then, then we think, well, maybe they're kind. Or, or maybe we watch people, and if we're in the grocery store or at Walmart, and we watch uh, a young man who helps uh, an elderly woman get something off the high shelf that she can't reach and puts it in her cart, or, or maybe you notice the same young man helping someone put their groceries uh, in their car, you might say that he's a kind person. Or maybe if you notice someone, uh, maybe you've been the, the recipient of someone buying you lunch in a drive-thru, right? Like you're driving through, you got your money out, you get up and you get your happy meal because uh, you're still a, a kid at heart. I still buy happy meals. You get your happy meal. I'm still excited about the toy. I'm not going to lie. I get excited about the toy. And you buy the happy meal and, and the person looks at you, you give them the money and they're like, oh no, the person in front of you paid for it. And you think, wow, they must be a kind person. And so we start to judge people based upon what they do, and we conclude that maybe, maybe, just maybe they're kind. And, they're, and, the, and, the, and the reason many ask the question, the reason that many struggle with, is God kind, and conclude that maybe he's not kind, is because of what we see in the Bible or maybe what we see in, in life. And what we see going on in the world, maybe it doesn't match up with what we feel like kindness should look like. Uh, Bart Ehrman, who is an agnostic professor and the author of a book called God's Problem, he poses this question. He writes this in his book. He writes, we live in a world in which a child dies every five seconds of starvation. Every minute, there are 25 people who die because they don't have clean water to drink. And every hour, 700 people die of malaria. And he poses the question, where is God in all of this? And what Ehrman sees in our world, what he witnesses in our world doesn't match up with what he thinks kindness looks like. And as a result, it leads him to not believe in God. And I think all of us would agree about this, that kindness 
is, is accompanied by some sort of action, right? Like, like we, the only reason we know people are kind is not because they wear a be kind shirt. It's because of their actions. It's because of what they do. And, and so we would agree that kindness is always accompanied by some sort of action. And maybe, maybe it's seeing a need and meeting a need. Maybe you see someone in need and you decide to meet that need. Or maybe it's an attitude that affects our behavior. And so here's the basic premise of Ehrman's question. If God really is God, then shouldn't he do something? Like that's kind of where he's arguing is if God really is God, then, then shouldn't he do something? Right? Like if God is God, if he is the almighty, if he is the creator of the heavens and earth, then surely... He should provide for the starving children across the world. Or if God is God, then shouldn't he miraculously turn dirty water into clean water so that people would have clean water to drink? Or if he's all-powerful, then couldn't he just wipe out malaria and make it disappear? He's God. Everyone would say he's God. He can do anything. So why doesn't he? In other words, if God is kind, then wouldn't he intervene or wouldn't he do something? And, and it's because he doesn't appear to do anything that some of us get to the point where maybe we think he's not kind. And maybe for us, maybe we've experienced that personally. Like maybe he hasn't provided in the way that we think he should. Or maybe he didn't answer our prayer. Or maybe he doesn't give us what we want. Or maybe he doesn't do what we think he should do in the way that we think we should do it. And then we start thinking like airmen, and we start to think if God doesn't, then he isn't. If God doesn't do what I want him to do, then he clearly isn't kind. But the problem with all that line of thinking is that it always results in hurt and disappointment. Because when God, or people for that matter, God or people, when they don't act the way that we want them to, or when they don't act the way that we expect them to, we get hurt, and we get frustrated, and we get angry, and we get bitter. But did you, do you know that there are plenty of people across this nation who have given up on church? Like, I think the last stat showed that like 20% of the people in our nation go to church on a regular basis, and, and, and so uh, they've given up on church. Or maybe they've given up on God, or maybe they've given up on Jesus for exactly that reason. Because the church, or God, or Jesus didn't act the way that they expected or wanted them to. And so they got hurt, they got bitter, they got angry, and they quit. I mean, maybe you've heard these things from people. People, when they say they don't go to church, they said, the church didn't look out for me. When I lost my job or the church didn't look after me when I was sick or, or, or when I was hurting or when I was grieving or when I was the, in the hospital or whatever it might be, the church didn't, so I quit. Or maybe even you found yourself saying these words, something like, God, God didn't show up for me when my marriage was tanking or God didn't show up for me when I was abused as a child or God didn't show up for me when my mother or my father or my sister or my brother or my aunt or my uncle was dying. God, when my, when my child was unwell, God didn't show up for me. Like where was God when we couldn't get pregnant or where was God when the only friend I had on this earth was taken away from me? And first, let me just say, if you've experienced any of those circumstances, that I want you to know that God's heart breaks 
for each and every one of you. God, hearts, heart breaks for the marriage that is crumbling. God, heart uh, breaks for the one who is experiencing loss and grieving. God, hearts, heart breaks. God's heart breaks for those who are sick and ill. But here's the thing. All of those circumstances wound our hearts and crush our spirits. And sometimes we get to this place where we begin to wonder, is God kind? Or maybe even come to the conclusion that God isn't kind because he wouldn't do that. And so not only are we wounded and hurt, not only are our spirits crushed, but, but when we, un, we unleash these feelings of anger and bitterness back to God or even to the people that hurt us, and we experience bitterness and we experience unforgiveness and we experience sarcasm and negativity and apathy towards people around us and towards God. This is what happens when we experience hurt. But we need to remember this, that being a part of a community means that, number one, we're gonna get hurt. But it all, because you know that hurt people hurt people, don't they? Hurt people hurt people. But listen, uh, we're all broken. All of us in this room, we're broken in some way. And if you're perfect, this is not gonna be the place for you because this is the perfect place for imperfect people. And we all got our hangups and we all got our mess ups and we all have our screw ups and we're, we're not perfect. And at some point, we're gonna hurt each other's feelings. And at some point, we're gonna experience pain of some kind, but that does not mean that God isn't kind. And here's the deal. That the very community of people that can hurt you is the very community of people where you can find healing and love and grace and forgiveness and peace and acceptance. The church, that's the church. It's not a perfect place because it's made up of imperfect people. Like I can promise you at some point I'm probably going to hurt your feelings. Not intentionally. Like I don't have your pictures at home on a dartboard and I'm like this week it's this person. That's not it. But I'm human. And so at some point I may hurt your feelings. At some point you may hurt my feelings. But this place is the perfect place for that to happen because there will be people here that will walk alongside of us. That will give us the greatest level of love and healing, and grace, and forgiveness, and acceptance. You see, the church is one of God's greatest demonstrations of his kindness. When he created the church, it was the greatest demonstration of his kindness. Go back to Acts. I challenge you to go home, read Acts, starting in chapter 1, and, and read through it, and see how the church was birthed and how they loved one another and cared for one another. It was God's greatest demonstration of his love towards people. And, and sure, people might uh, hurt people might hurt people, right? Like, we're going to experience hurt, but these people will walk with you in the deepest parts of your pain. And that is the power that demonstrates the kindness of God. So I want to share with you some things about God's kindness that we need to understand. There's three things, and the first one is this, that God demonstrates his kindness through his people. God demonstrates his kindness through his people and maybe even the people you least expect it, right? Like of all the people in here, there may be someone sitting in here that you would never expect to demonstrate kindness to you. 
It reminds me of the story in the Bible of the Good Samaritan, and we've read it before, but I just want to read it to you again in Luke chapter 10, verse 30 through 35, and, and Jesus is responding to the question of the greatest commandment, and he says this, he says, a man, because the, the lawyer asks, he says, hey, uh, who is my neighbor? And he tells me, he says, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho, and when he was attacked by robbers, and they stripped him of his clothes, and they beat him, and they went away, leaving him half dead. And a priest happened to be going down the same road, and when he saw the man, he passed by on the other side. And, and, and so too, a Levite, when he came, which is another person that worked in the temple, when he came to the place, he saw him, and he passed by on the other side. So two church people have walked by him on the other side. But he says, but as a, a Samaritan, as he traveled, came where the man was, and when he saw him, he took pity on him. And he went to him and he bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. And then he put the man on his own donkey and brought him to an inn and took care of him. Check out what he did next. The next day he took out two denarii, which was a ton of money, and gave them to the innkeeper. Look after him, he said, and when I return, I will reimburse you for any extra expense you might have. And so who was kind in this story? It's so easy. It's like one of the easiest Bible trivia questions you could ever ask. It was the Samaritan the Samaritan was kind, the least expected. It wasn't the priest. It wasn't the Levite. It was the Samaritan who chose to be kind. And why? Why was he kind? Well, look at what the Bible says. It says uh, that because he saw and he acted. Because he saw and he acted. He did something about what he saw. And sometimes you and I, we walk around with our eyes closed, right? Like we're walking around with our eyes closed and we're oblivious to what's going on around us. We don't see the things going around us, maybe because we don't want to see, uh, maybe because we don't think we have time, or maybe because uh, we're not open to see. But we, we miss so much. It's like, like, we, like, I don't know if you've ever done this, where you see a homeless person, you're like, don't make eye contact, don't make eye contact, don't, don't make eye contact, right? Because we, we, we think, I'm in a hurry. I don't have time. I don't have any cash. Or the cash I have is my lunch money. Uh, or I got to go buy my Starbucks, you know, my super duper uh, latte with the, all the creamy stuff on it and the caramel and all that. I, I can't give that up. And so we like don't make eye contact. So we choose not to see or maybe we're just not open to seeing or we just we're in a rush. But if kindness is seeing and doing, then as God's people and he puts things in our paths, not only to see it, but he puts it in our past so we do something on his behalf. You see, I think that we need, to, uh, we need to embrace what Mother Teresa said when she said this. She said, be the living expression of God's kindness. We could just stop right there. Be the, the living expression of God's kindness. Kindness in your face, kindness in your heart, or in your, in your, uh, in your face, kindness in your, in, your, in your eyes, or kindness in your smile. Listen, because people... Um, base God's kindness on how kind we are as his people. That's important. Like people uh, believe or don't believe in God's kindness often based upon how God's people act. They're like, you go to church, you're one of those God people, but you're not kind. So maybe God's not kind. Or maybe they see you and they see you do something that is kind and they're like, oh, you're one of God's people and you're kind so God must be kind. You see, if we're not kind to people, they're going to draw the conclusion that God isn't kind. But when we, the people of God, are kind, they conclude that God himself is kind. 
And so God expresses his kindness through people. He demonstrates it through people. Here's the second thing I want you to know is that kindness is at the very heart of who God is. It's at the very heart of who God is. It's at the very core of who God is, is his kindness. By God, uh, God by his very nature is kind. And how do I know this? Because as I read the Bible, you see it from beginning to end. Like at the beginning, I picked out certain parts that would make someone come to the conclusion that God isn't kind, but God is kind from the very beginning of the Bible all the way through to the very end. Nehemiah is an example of it. Nehemiah says this in Nehemiah 9.17. He says, but you are a God ready to pardon, gracious and merciful, slow to anger and abundant and loving kindness and didn't forsake them. God was a God that demonstrated patience and grace. He didn't get angry quickly, although he had every reason to. His love and his kindness were abundant. They were never ending and he never forsake them. Ephesians 2, 7 tells us this about God's kindness. It says, in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. And so what Paul's talking about here is, is Jesus, the act of Jesus dying on the cross, rising from the dead, that, that in order that coming ages might know this, God showed his kindness through Jesus. And then, of course, the passage that we're all familiar with, 1 Corinthians 13, 4, uh, tells us that love is what? Patient and love is kind, that it does not envy, it does not boast, it does not proud. And later on in the Bible, God, or before this in the Bible, God, it says that God is love. And so if God is love and love is kind, then God is kind. He is kind. And even after the very ones he created, Adam and Eve, right? At the very beginning, even after they turned their backs on him, even after they disobeyed him and they went their own way and caused the fall of all men, and every day since that moment in history, God has been working to reconcile his people to himself. God has been working to be in relationship with every single one of us. And he demonstrated this in the ultimate act of kindness. Like the church was an amazing thing, but there was a kindness greater than that, demonstrated in the act of kindness by sending his son Jesus to earth, allowing him to die in our place for our sin. And he gave his life as a ransom like Jesus didn't have to do that, but he did out of his kindness for us. That's how kind God is. That I hope that you know that at the core, at the center of who God is, is a picture of kindness. And we serve and we live with a kind and loving God whose heart has always, always, always longed to be in relationship with you and me. And, and, and relationship with his people. And he will do anything and go to great lengths to demonstrate and to restore our relationship with him. And just because we think that God didn't heal or God didn't protect or God didn't intervene or God didn't prevent the way we want him to, doesn't mean that he's not kind. Doesn't mean that he doesn't care. 
doesn't mean that he isn't God. Romans chapter 5 verse 8 puts it this way, that God demonstrated his own love for us in this, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And I know, I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, well, Pastor Rick, that sounds great and all. Uh, I know that God is kind, but why doesn't he do those things? Like, why doesn't he uh, provide food for the hungry? Or why doesn't he uh, provide clean drinking water? Or why doesn't he just completely wipe out and eliminate malaria? Well, here's, here's my answer to that. Those things aren't actually up to God. Like, they're up to us. Those things are up to us. Did you know that in the world today, there is enough food to feed every hungry person on this planet? That, that there are food storage bins across the world that could be released and feed the starving millions? Did you know that, 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 that that's not God's fault? That's people's fault. Or, or what about clean water? That there are numerous nonprofit organizations that are digging wells to provide clean drinking water for these folks that don't have it, but we're not funding them. That's not God's problem, that's our problem. What about malaria? Like there are pharmaceutical companies out there that could produce millions upon millions of malaria pills and we could pay for them and send them so people don't die. It's not rocket science. It's actually pretty easy. So why don't we do that? Like, did you know that the amount of money that we spend on Christmas in one year, the amount of money that we in America spend on Christmas in one year could completely eradicate all of the food shortages across the world? Is it really a God problem or is it a people problem? I mean, God's kind, but I just wonder, are people, are people kind? And as God's people, shouldn't we set the bar for kindness? Like, shouldn't we be the example for the world to follow on what it means to be kind? Shouldn't the church demonstrate kindness to other people? And so, at the very heart of who God is, is kindness. The third thing I want you to know is this, that if God is kind, is that kindness is an action. Kindness is an action. You know, God's kindness is continually demonstrated through his supreme act of sending Jesus. Like when Jesus died on the cross and rose from the grave, that sent a ripple effect throughout history of kindness. But if kindness is an action, just like Jesus demonstrated God's kindness for us, if kindness, uh, then we also must demonstrate kindness to those around us that we need to be demonstrating kindness. And when we demonstrate kindness in our homes and in our workplaces, in our schools, guess what? We speak the language that every single person on the planet can understand, kindness. Like it's the universal language. If your kindness here, people see it. If your kindness in France, people will see it. If you're kind in Africa, people will know that's kindness. Because kindness is a universal language. And Morgan Freeman in the movie Evan Almighty, which if you've never seen, you should take a watch. It's fun, uh, but it has a great message. And in the movie, he asks the question, how do we change the world? And, and I, want, I want to ask you the question, church, how do we change the world? And here's Morgan Freeman's response to that question was this, one random act of kindness at a time. We can change the world. We can change. I'm just crazy enough to believe it, that we can change the world. 
And we can change our community and our city through acts of kindness. Now, that might mean changing the, some of the things that we do, right? Like, I know, I know what you're going to say. You're going to say, Pastor Rick, but you don't understand. I'm busy. I got so much going on. Um, but I, I would just say to you, busyness is like the curse of our time. And the problem is when we get so busy, which we are, we're busy people. When we get so busy, we don't see what's going on around us, do we? When we get so busy, we're so focused on what's going on in our world that we don't see what's happening around us. We don't see the things that God puts right in front of us that we could act on, on his behalf. Like the truth is this, and I want us all to say this together. Uh, it's going to be on the screen. And this is the truth. Let's all say it together. We need to slow down. Like two of you said it. Let's all say it together. You ready? One, two, three. We need to slow down. Now I want you to say it like you really believe it, all right? We need to slow down. Don't rush past people. Like, don't be too busy to stop. Don't be too busy to see. Walk slowly. Stop. Say hello. Look at people. Truly see people. Like, see their faces. See their hurts. See their pains. See their smiles and see their sadness. So I worked at, uh, I was a cast member at Walt Disney World in Florida for a while. And, and to, to be a cast member, you have to go through Disney University when they hire you. And, and I went through Disney University, which is like a week-long intensive course on all things Disney. And I learned all things Disney in that course. I learned the history. I learned the things you do do, the things you don't do. Uh, like Disney, uh, he doesn't want one cast member ever pointing with one finger. Like you will never see a cast member doing this. Uh, you will always see a cast member pointing with two fingers. I don't know what the difference is, but Walt Disney thought that one finger was rude, and so you're always going to point with two fingers. And they drilled that in us. And you'll get written up for pointing to something with one finger. I also learned that there's only like one Mickey in all of Walt Disney and Magic Kingdom. Only one Mickey. So you never tell someone, oh, Mickey can be found here, here, and here. There's only one Mickey. And you always tell them where the, most, the closest Mickey is. But one of the best things I learned from Disney culture is this. That people said, listen, you, I, I worked on Small World and I worked on Peter Pan and the Carousel right there in Fantasyland, which let me just tell you when I think of, no, I'm not gonna tell you that. All right, so I lived there uh, and, and uh, they said, listen, your job is not to work the rides. That's not your job. As a cast member, your job is to make dreams come true. And so they taught me this, they said, you look at people. They said, you look at people and you engage them. When they come up to the ride, if there's a little girl and she's got her Belle princess dress on, you address her as Belle. You don't say, hey, little girl. You don't say, oh, hi, princess. You say, oh, Belle, welcome to Peter Pan. We're so glad that you're here. Or when you see a little boy and he's got like a Monsters Inc. cap on and you look at him and he's like having a good time. He's like, I'm just here for the party. And you're like, hey, Mike, where's Sully, right? You look, and Disney taught me to look at people. When there's someone that's not having a good day and you see that they're not having a good day, you let them in the front of the line. And so Disney taught me to slow down and to actually look at people and to see what's going on in their world. And church, we are way too busy like we, are, we need to slow down and we need to start looking at people. 
And so listen, all I'm asking you to do over the next 21 days and for the rest of your life is to be kind. Take one step towards kindness, whatever that looks like. And maybe your first step uh, towards kindness is that you just make a commitment, I'm gonna slow down. Like Pastor Rick, I'm the busy one. Like I'm focused, I'm, I, it's all about my world and I don't look at the world beyond my own world. And maybe that's your next step to start looking at people and to slow down and to open your eyes. That's a step. Or, or maybe on your way home from church, maybe you'll be driving down 23 and you'll see a person with a flat tire on the side of the road. And you know one thing you could do? You could like pull over and roll down your window and say, hey, are you okay? And, and they may respond. They may say, oh yeah, I'm good. My brother-in-law, he's on his way. I called him. He's about 20 minutes out. He'll be here soon. He's gonna help me. That's great. Take it a step further. Hey, can I go get you something to drink while you wait? Oh, what would that look like? Can I go get you some lunch? Like, then zip over to the Quickie Mart, get him a Coke and one of those pizza things and bring it back to him and be kind. Like church, it's, it's not rocket science. It's so simple and it's so easy to demonstrate kindness. Or maybe, maybe you're like, well, Rick, that's kind of like easy stuff. Like, I'm, I'm an overachiever. I want to take it up a notch, okay? Well, maybe your neighbor at home, maybe they're sick. Maybe they've been bedridden for a while. And maybe you could go next door to your neighbor's house. And maybe you could, uh, I know it's too late to mow their lawn, but maybe you could rake up the leaves. Like, I bet there's leaves in their yard. And maybe you could rake them up. Or maybe you could bring their trash can in. Or maybe you could uh, bring them flowers. Or maybe you could send them flowers. Or maybe, maybe you could just go over and say, hey, I'd just love to sit with you and pray for you. Maybe you could do that, just another step. Well, we can all do that. Or maybe, uh, maybe you're still thinking, well, that's still like pretty easy stuff. Like, like I want a bit more of a challenge. Okay, well, here's one more. Maybe as you leave today, you could go out by the, the window, by the door, right before the next steps area. And there's these, uh, we call it an angel tree. They're actually bells. Uh, I don't know why, we just, they're bells. And you could go and pick one of those bells off the window that has a child's on it a child that is in need for Christmas, a child that won't have Christmas. And maybe uh, you, could, you could provide Christmas for that child. So maybe you could go out on your way out the door. You could pick one of those off, take it home and go shopping. And maybe that means that maybe every person in your family gets one less present this year. Maybe that means that you stop going to Starbucks for the month of December. I don't know, whatever it means. But you're like, I'm gonna be kind to someone who needs Christmas. Or, or maybe, maybe you could just, maybe you could do this. Maybe as you're taking your time to leave today because you're gonna go slow. And as you're walking out of this building, maybe there's someone that you see and maybe on their face, you can see that they're, they're not good. And maybe you can see that there's sadness there, or there's pain there. And maybe you could just walk up to them and say, hey, are you okay? And they might look at you and say, you know what? I'm not okay. And then you could say, hey, well, why don't we pray? And you could take them aside and you could pray with them. You see, kindness, demonstrating kindness, it's not hard, but it's our calling. It's how people know and see the love of Jesus is through our kindness. It demonstrates kindness. Listen, church, we can all do something every single one of us. And remember, 
Remember, people make up their mind about who God is by the way we act. They do. You might think, oh, that's not true, Rick. It is. People make up their mind about who God is by our kindness, by the way we treat each other, by the way we act. It's demonstrating kindness. God's kindness is demonstrated through his people. His heart is for his people. Our heart is for the people that live in our community. And so as we pray today, I just want you to think about one act of kindness that you can do today. Not tomorrow, but today. What's something that you can do today to demonstrate God's love to somebody? You may not know the answer yet. It may come to you when you go shopping at Walmart today, when you see someone struggling in one of the aisles. It may not happen until you realize that your neighbor, you haven't seen him in a long time. And you're like, you know what? I'm going to go see Sally. Or you may already have an idea. But as we pray, let's think about what's one act of kindness we can do today. Father God, we thank you for your kindness. Lord, your word says that it's your kindness that leads us to repentance that it's because of what Jesus did on the cross for us on our behalf that we can experience your kindness and your love. So Father, maybe someone in here today needs to be the recipient of your kindness. And maybe today they need to receive the greatest gift that was ever given, which was salvation. The gift of Jesus taking our place on the cross and dying for our sin so that we might have an everlasting relationship with you. Father, maybe there's some people in here that have been hurt by the church, or maybe they've been hurt by church people. Maybe they're wondering, I don't know if God is kind because I've experienced some things that would say otherwise. Father, I pray that they would experience healing today, healing in their hearts and knowing that the church is not perfect. Only God is perfect. The church is not perfect because it's made up of imperfect people. And we're going to hurt one another. And we're going to hurt each other's feelings from time to time. But this is a place where forgiveness happens. This is a place where healing and acceptance happens. Father, maybe there's some people in here that are just recognizing, whew, I have been way too busy, Lord. Like I have been so wrapped up in my own little world that I have missed so many opportunities to demonstrate your kindness to the people around me. And maybe you just need to say, God, help me slow down this week. Like, help me to walk slower. Help me to look people in the face. Help me to see what's going on in their lives so that I can interact with them and so that I can demonstrate your kindness. Lord, I don't know a whole lot, but what I do know is that when we demonstrate your kindness in the world, that people see you and they know that you're a kind God. So, Father, may we be a church that is known for our kindness. God, we love you. Thank you for loving us in the many, many ways that you do. In your name we pray. Amen. Hey, we're going to close with a song today. I'm just going to ask you to stand in just a minute. But as we do, I just want you to know that this area up here is for you. 
our house is your house and this space is your space. And if you want to come and pray, um, please come and pray. Maybe you're recognizing that life is too fast and you're on a, a rat race that you need to get off. Maybe you recognize that you need some healing because maybe some church people have hurt you or maybe you're like, you know what? I've never experienced God's kindness but I've also never asked for it. And so I just invite you to come and spend time in prayer. And if you don't want to pray alone, if you want someone to pray with you or for you, I'm right there on the front row. You tap my shoulder. I'd be honored to come and pray with you. But let's spend time thinking about and reflecting on God's kindness and how we can be uh, demonstrating that kindness in our world this week. So let's stand and let's sing together.